0: Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. It's a joy to be with you and to bring the Word of God um, um, to bring the Word of God to my church family. Uh, excuse me for my voice. I've been sick the past uh, week, so I pray that everything will be understandable to you today. I know I'm, I know my voice is a, bit, uh, is a bit monotone, but I hope that God would speak to you through this voice. Well, uh, throughout history, there have been many people that have boasted that they are wise. Uh, Many kings have boasted that they are all-powerful. There are many scientists that have boasted that they have found the origins of the universe. But not one of those people have gone up to heaven and have come back down. Uh, Not one was actually there when the universe was created, and not one has ever been all-powerful to do all that they desire. And the fact is that many of these people were very troubled and were very weary in their life as they sought for wisdom, for power, or for riches. Uh, They often found no lasting satisfaction and no meaning in life. And coming face-to-face with our limitations can really cause us to be weary. Even if you know that you are not so smart or that you're not all-powerful, still our struggle to know how to live in this world can still drive us to despair. But our wants, our, 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 our limitations, our deficiencies in life, they should cause us to look to the One that has no limitations. The main idea of today's sermon is this. Our great God provides a refuge for weary people in Christ, so seek to honor Him. Our great God provides a refuge for weary people in Christ, so seek to honor Him. Well, Last week, Pastor Andre uh, taught us about the fool and the wise from the book of Proverbs. And this week, we are continuing in the book of Proverbs, but we're just focusing on chapter 30 and just on verses 1 to 9. Before jumping into chapter 30, let me just point out one useful way to use the book of Proverbs. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, one for each day of the month. So instead of taking a few minutes and scrolling through social media, I encourage you each day to read the proverb that corresponds to that day. Uh, It only takes about three minutes to read one chapter of the book of Proverbs. Uh, Today is the 12th, so today you could read Proverbs 12. This would be a good way to hear the wisdom of God daily. Well, now let's look at chapter 30. Chapter 30 is really a mini-book within the book of Proverbs. It's broken up in this way. Verses one to nine are, um, verses one to nine. Give an introduction. Verses ten to thirty-one are the body, which gives uh, many proverbs. And interestingly enough, many of those proverbs relate to wildlife. So, if you're interested in wildlife, read the whole, uh, read read all of chapter thirty. And then the last two verses, thirty-two to thirty-three, give a conclusion that calls the reader to not be a fool. Look now at verse one. Look at verse one. It says, "The sayings of the sayings of um, um, of Agur, son of Jacka, and inspired utterance. This man's utterance to uh, 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 to Ithiel." Well, most of the proverbs were written or compiled by King Solomon, but chapter thirty is unique. It's written by some guy named Agur. Now, we don't know who Agar is, and we don't know who Jacka is, and we don't know who Ithiel is. It's I, I think that Ithiel was maybe Agar's son, since many of the Proverbs were written from a father to a son, but we really don't know. Now, if we're not told who these people are, then it's not important for understanding what God wants us to learn from this chapter. But there is one thing that verse... One tells us uh, that's very important there. It's that these writings are inspired. The Holy Spirit of God spoke through Agur. And he speaks to us today through these verses. So let's hear this word of instruction. So point point one, point one, I take from verses one to four. Is who are we compared to God? Who are we compared to God? Look again at verse one. Agar starts out speaking to God, and he says this, I am weary God, but I can prevail. Surely I am only a brute, not a man. I do not have human understanding. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I attained to the knowledge of a Holy One. Verse 1 says that he's weary. He's tired. He's spent all of himself. What is he weary from? Oh, he's weary from searching for understanding. He has searched for understanding, but he feels like he has that uh, that he has not been able to find it. So we should ask, well, how is it that someone who has no understanding, someone who has not learned wisdom, how are they writing a proverb? I mean, who would want to listen to the proverbs of the stupid? Uh, we, is, is, is Agur actually dumb like he says he is? Well, no. Uh, it's evident from Proverbs 30 that Agur is actually very wise. He has great insight into life, and he also knows how to communicate that wisdom to other people. But in verses 1 to 4, we see that Agur doesn't presume to be wise. He does not boast in his wisdom. He's taking the advice from Proverbs chapter three verse seven. Proverbs three verse seven. Proverbs three seven says, "Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil." So the author is is putting three seven into practice. He is not being wise in his own eyes. He refuses to take pride in himself and to promote himself as a wise person. But, but why? Why is he doing that? It's because he sees his loneliness and he sees his lack of understanding compared to the greatness and the wisdom of God. In this, Agar is actually showing that he is, uh, that he is really a wise person. He says that, I don't have knowledge. I don't have wisdom. But there is one who does. A truly wise person sees that God is the source of perfect wisdom, not themselves. And they point people to that God. A truly wise person sees that God is the source of perfect wisdom, not themselves. And they point people to the all-wise God. And that is what Agur does for Ithiel. He points him to God. We can see that in the next verse. Look down. Look at verse 4. Verse 4. He says, Who has gone up to heaven and come down? Whose hands have gathered up the winds? Who has wrapped up the waters in a cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is His name and what is the name of His Son? Surely you know these rapid-fire questions are here to show us to seek God as the source of wisdom rather than man. And why? Because God is far above the wisdom and the ability of man. Now, the author is not simply trying to make us feel small by these questions. That is not his primary intent, though that may certainly be an effect of the questions, But he is trying to give us a right view of God as the greatest being and the one whom we should listen to. We should not pass over these questions too quickly. Let's look at them again. It's who has gone up to heaven and come down? Well, the answer, not any man. We don't have the power to do that. And the next question, uh, whose hands have gathered up the wind? Not yours. You cannot direct the wind. You cannot catch it. But God can gather the wind in the palm of His hand, and He can direct it as He pleases. And Who has wrapped up the waters in a cloak? This is all the waters on the face of the earth? No man. We can barely even wipe up one cup of spilled water on the ground with a rag. But God can wipe up all the water of the earth in a cloak. And who has established all the ends of the earth? Well, not man. We did not even exist when the world was created. But the eternal God created this world simply by speaking it into existence. And then look at those last two questions. What is his name? The answer... Yahweh. This is the God of the Bible. And what is the name of his son? Well, I know many of you want to say Jesus right now. Miss Kim, thanks. Uh, many of you want to say Jesus. Uh, well, well, we'll get to that later in the sermon. But in the context of the Old Testament, the, 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 uh, the answer that the author has in mind is Israel. In Exodus chapter 4, verse 22, uh, God called the people of Israel uh, his son. Uh, Israel was chosen by God, and he called them to be obedient to him as an obedient son follows his father. So what's the point with these last two questions of what is his name and what is the name of his son? The point is that Yahweh, the personal God of the Bible, the one who loved Israel as his son, This is the true God who is the source of all wisdom. So that means that seeking wisdom apart from seeking the true God of the Bible is useless. To be wise is to know the God of Israel. It's to know him and it's to listen to him. These verses are not teaching that there's just some general God up in the sky that is bigger than us. And so we should think of ourselves as small and as nothing in comparison to this uh, general idea of God. No. These verses call us to look to Yahweh. To look to the living and true God. The One who has revealed Himself to us through the Bible. We should look to the true God for wisdom. Without the knowledge of God, the true God of the Bible... Uh, People may learn how to live in this world and to make profit and to work and to be successful in the eyes of man. But that is not enough. Because we have souls that will last for eternity. Our, Our life here on earth is actually just a small fraction of our life. It will continue after death. So to be wise... You must know the answers to life's biggest questions. It's uh, where did I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? And we cannot find these answers on our own. We cannot find these answers only through science and technology or through some philosophy. These answers must be revealed to us by a living God. But, friends, we do not have to be weary in our search for these answers because there is a god and we can know his name his name is yahweh he has revealed himself to us i serve as one of the pastors of this church uh, but before serving full-time as a pastor i was a university professor so i have a phd now i'm not a very useful kind of a doctor sometimes people say oh dr carroll I can't, when you're sick, I have no idea what to do for you. I'll say, go talk to my wife. She's the nurse. Uh, I I do have a PhD in computational fluid dynamics. It's really pretty useless. Um, I did work at university for six years, and I met a lot of educated people uh, throughout my years in the university world. And many of them uh, had this idea that religion was... Uh, only for uneducated people to help us uh, to help us answer questions that we can 't answer on our own, uh, but I observed that most educated people, without knowing Yahweh, uh, they have no trustworthy answers to the origin of life, the meaning of life, and the end result of life, uh, even their best discoveries are only finding what God has already created. Uh, Brothers and sisters, do not be shaken by educated people's arguments against God. Uh, Believer, uh, your God established the world. God is trustworthy, and there is no scientific discovery, there is no philosophy that will ever disprove Him. For the reality is that He is alive. And He can be known personally. And we, not just as a theory or as some theology, but as a personal being whom we know and we love. God has revealed the way of salvation. He has revealed how we should live. He's revealed uh, how the earth was created. He's revealed the purpose of life. And He's revealed the end of life after death. He has revealed himself to us in the Word, in the Bible. And that leads us now to point two. Point two, where do we find refuge? Where do we find refuge? I take this from verses five to six. Look at verses five to six. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar. So after Agar has shown that the source of true wisdom is the God of the Bible, and not himself nor, uh, uh, nor any man, he then tells us how to find this God. And we find him through his word. His Word is the perfect treasure of heavenly wisdom. And it's here. It is in the Bible. Uh, We should devote our time to read this book. Uh, We should listen carefully to the preaching of God's Word. Notice verse 5 tells us that God's Word is flawless. That means that it never lies. Everything it says is right and true. God's Word that tells us that there is one who is a refuge for our soul. Uh, Unlike friends who may simply tell us what we want to hear, uh, God's Word never leads us astray. Church family, are, are, are you weary from seeking wisdom in difficult situations? Are you weary from seeking wisdom in difficult situations? Uh, I, I know that many of us face many complex situations where we need the wisdom of God. And if that's you, then listen carefully. Uh, if that's not you, you should still listen carefully, because I'm sure you will face a complex situation soon. We all do. Uh, notice this progression that the author has gone through in um, so far in verses 1 to 5. He starts out, saying that he's weary from having found no wisdom in himself. He then has looked to the true God in verse 4 as the only source of wisdom. And then in verse 5, he declares that God's word is flawless and that through the Bible, we can find and know God who is a refuge, a protection, and a rest for our weary souls. So are you weary from trying to find wisdom? Brothers and sisters, do not despair, for there is wisdom from God. And God cries out to us. Wisdom is calling out to us. There is a refuge for your weary, worried, and even your confused soul. You may be confused about a situation and at loss about what to do. But fellow believer, remember that you are never abandoned by Christ. He lives with you through the presence of His Spirit. God is near to His children. And we see that perfectly in Christ. Uh, God came to us as a man. The man Christ Jesus to save us. He gives us His Holy Spirit now so that He is not just near us, but He lives in us. And then God speaks to us through His Word. So seek the flawless Word of God to find refuge for your soul. But also, if you're needing wisdom on a particular situation, I also encourage you to talk to other mature believers in the church. Uh, Talk to your pastors. Uh, Even if it seems like a very small issue and you're worried about bothering them with this issue, uh, don't worry about that. Uh, By God's grace, we have five pastors here in the church. We're a pretty small church. Uh, We can be knowable. We can talk to you. We love to give counsel from God's word. Uh, just this past week, Andy and I were faced with a hard situation and we called Pastor David and we talked with he and Chris and we're asking their advice on matter. The pastors are gifts from God to the church to 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 help guide us to know how to understand how to live out God's word and how to apply God's wisdom in difficult situations. When well, I look at verse six, look at verse six. Do not add to his words, or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar. This warning is actually quite fitting as we uh, seek advice and wisdom. Because we can often add to God's Word. Uh, Adding to God's Word oftentimes simply begins just uh, just by not even knowing God's Word or just by ignoring it. And so if you don't ever go to it, then you end up making up your own ideas or listening to, that, to the ideas of others and following them as a the source of authority rather than God's Word. Or it starts with you thinking, okay, well, yeah, I've read the Bible before, I'm reading it, but it's just not sufficient to really help me know what to do. But, and, and so then we take our thoughts or the thoughts of others and we treat those additions like the authoritative authoritative Word of God. But God's Word is sufficient. Uh, uh, One example of how we can add to God's Word is that sometimes we can treat our own plans as directly given to us by God. And so then we don't listen to the advice or the critiques of others about our plans. I I, I, I urge you to guard yourself from presuming that your opinions or plans are directly revealed by God if they're not clearly supported in Scripture, and, and if they're also not supported by the counsel of other believers around you. That is setting yourself up as God, and that is adding to the Word of God. And this warning here is clear, is that God will prove you to be a liar. Now, before moving on to point three and looking at these... At verses seven to nine, uh, let's let's take a moment and see the glory of Christ from verses one to six. Uh, if if you're not a follower of Christ and you decided to join us today, we are so glad that you're here, and I want to take a moment to speak to you. Notice verse five says that uh, he, being God, is a shield to those who take refuge in him soldiers use shields to guard them against attacks uh, soldiers use shields to save their life and verse 5 tells us that God is our shield but why do we need God as a shield uh, from what attack are we wanting to protect ourselves against from uh, to, from what attacks are we needing to pro- to, to protect ourselves from um, If you don't know uh, what you're trying to protect yourself from, you probably won't use the shield. So we need to know, what is it that we need protection from? So consider this, that God created us so that we can enjoy Him and live in peace with Him. But every one of us, including you, has rebelled against God's rule in your life. And God is just. And He simply cannot just neglect or to overlook your rebellion. God tells us that one day He will judge every person. And the Bible reveals that the just judgment or the just punishment for our sin is eternal condemnation and punishment in hell rather than a life under the protection and the care of God. And that should cause you to be weary. It should cause you to be burdened. And you need a shield from the punishment of your sin. The punishment of God on a guilty sinner. But thanks be to God in that He is merciful and He has made a way for us to be protected from the condemnation of sin and to be restored to a life of peace with Him. And that way is not through our own efforts. It is not through your own struggles to try to be good enough. It is not through your own wisdom. But that way is only found in Christ. So who is our shield? It is Christ. Uh, consider the questions at verse 4 again in Proverbs 30. The, that last question In verse 4, it says, What is His name and what is the name of His Son? Well, the name of the perfect Son of God is Jesus. Israel failed as the Son of God. But Jesus, the eternal Son, never once sinned. His righteous life becomes our shield and the way to heaven. And who has gone up to heaven and come down? Well, not any normal man. But Jesus has. Uh, Look over at John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 13. This is in the New Testament when Jesus is speaking to a man named Nicodemus. In John 3, verse 13, Jesus says, No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. The Son of Man, He's referring to Himself. Jesus, the flawless Word of God, He came from heaven, and He lived a perfect life. And because He loved us, He gave His life as a sacrifice in place of sinners. But He didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave, and He is alive today. He reigns on His throne And in verse 15, just just two verses after that, in John John 3, 15, it says that He did this so that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. Trusting in the sacrifice of Christ protects you from the penalty of sin. It gives you everlasting life. Trusting in Jesus is the only way to know Yahweh. Yahweh. For Jesus is the, is the image of the invisible God. Trusting in Jesus is where we find the meaning of life. And it is where we find hope for having everlasting life with Him. So if you have not yet turned from your sin and placed your full trust in Jesus for salvation, then I encourage you to not delay in making that decision. For in Christ you will find refuge for your weary soul. You will find refuge from the power of sin. If you need to know more about what it makes to uh, about what it takes and what it means to make that decision, please come talk to me or talk to any member of the church after this service. We'd be more than happy to talk to you more about that. Let's now look at point three from verses seven to nine. Point three, what do we desire? What do we desire? So in verses seven to nine, we have a prayer from Agur when prayers are quite rare in the book of Proverbs. Look at that prayer. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I'm uh, otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Does this prayer reflect the desire of your heart? Let's let's look at those two requests that he gives in this prayer. The first one is to keep falsehood and lies far from me. Uh, He desires to not listen to lies. and He also desires to not speak lies. Uh, Falsehood is a poison. So be careful about the voices that you listen to. Uh, Be careful about the sources of entertainment that you consume. Because they do teach you. Are those sources of entertainment that you watch or that you listen to, or that you hang around, are they full of lies? Are they full of, the, of, of ways of life or, or um, of advice that are contrary to God's word? Don't be deceived. Consuming lies will turn you into a liar you will slowly be turned into someone who claims to follow Christ, but you actually don't. And also to keep falsehood far from us means that we desire to not just listen to lies, but also to not speak lies. Uh, Brothers and sisters, if you often lie to cover up your sin or to try to make yourself look good, uh, know that you are not escaping the guilt of that sin, for the Holy Spirit will move your conscience to condemn you. A lie does not cover the shame and the guilt of the wrong that you do. It you you try to hide it, but it only brings deeper regret as the Holy Spirit presses in on your conscience that you're a liar. Church family, there is freedom for the Christian. To not lie, there is freedom for the Christian to confess our sin and to be free from a guilty conscience because Christ has covered all of our sin. So to be far, so so be far from falsehood. And the second request in that prayer is that he would neither be rich nor poor. But why this request? Well. He doesn't want his money to become a reason for him to dishonor the Lord. You know Jesus said that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And we should take that warning very seriously. And when when Jesus when Jesus himself taught us to pray in Matthew 6, he told us to ask for our daily bread. Not just for not not for all the excess and luxuries in life. The Money is necessary for providing for needs, but if we're not careful, we can make money the idol that we pursue rather than pursuing God and using our money to honor Him. First uh, Timothy six verses six to ten. If you have your Bibles, turn over there. I, I want to read these verses as they're very. Uh, Helpful in instruction on this topic. First, this 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 to 10 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Um, personally, I have seen many people that were poor, and that had no job. Now, them not having a job also meant that they had a lot of time. And uh, by God's grace, they were seeking the Lord. Uh, They had much time. They were reading the Scriptures. They were meeting with other believers, reading God's Word. They were pursuing the Lord. And at the same time, we were praying that they would find a job. And some of them then found a job, which, which, which was a good thing. But once they got that job, they became so busy with gaining more money that they lost the pursuit of God. Uh, they, they stopped meeting with myself or with other believers. They had a hard time finding time to come to church. And it was sad to see that the, their pursuit, when they didn't have much money, was a sweet pursuit of the Lord that quickly dwindled when there was the, the opportunity to gain more money. Now, I'm not saying that jobs are bad. We should work hard. If you don't have a job, you should pray for a job. But you should not use that as a replacement for seeking the Lord. We should not be consumed with the things of the world that can so easily take us away from the things of God. So, guard yourself against pursuing money beyond your needs because it can easily corrupt you. But brothers and sisters, remember that we all have weary souls and that we need and that we can find refuge for those weary souls in Christ. I encourage you to seek Christ above all things. So I, I pray that from this introduction of Proverbs 30, that you have seen that our great God provides a refuge for weary people in Christ. So seek to honor Him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we praise You that You are worthy to seek with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. Our Father, we praise You that the great purpose of life is found in enjoying life in You. Our Father, we thank You that You have given us this Word. You have, spoken to, uh, the, uh, you have spoken to us today. We pray that we would not be quick to neglect this Word that we have heard declared. Lord, may we test our the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts with this Word. Lord, cause us not to forget it quickly. And Lord, cause us to take time throughout the week to set to set time aside to read from the book of Proverbs. Lord, you're a good God, and we thank you for the salvation that is found in Christ. We thank you that you're a shield to our soul. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.